0: Welcome everybody to episode ninety-four of the Metabulous Two podcast, uh, featuring myself, Ben, and David.
1: So tonight we are talking about episode four in series eleven: Arachnids in the UK,
0: which is a tortured pun on the famous Sex Pistols song um, "Anarchy in the UK." I would yeah, say.
1: I would agree we with you. We can agree on that one. I think we agree on that one, and I'm just sort of wondering if you weren't going to have Sex Pistols playing, why even go for that title?
0: That was going to be my comment exactly. It's like mm-hmm. let's—I mean, I mean, you know, we had a good dose of Stormzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, why not? I don't know. Yeah, why not? Out the doctor as being like a fan of old school punk rock. Who knows? Yeah. Well, uh,
1: Capaldi would have
0: been. He would have been. Capaldi, oh, yeah. doctor, would have been. Yeah. But Capaldi wouldn't have let him get away with it. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Anyway, um, so what did what did we think of the episode? Well,
1: I found myself getting bored, actually. <laughs> yes, so did I. Uh, so did it did I. not hold my interest at all. So my mind was wandering, and probably I think, sadly, well, maybe not sadly, but the thing I found most interesting was Park Hill. Park Hill Flats,
0: indeed. The
1: Council Estate. Well, the former Council Estate that was uh, uh, had a little bit of. Uh, restoration or renewal with it so that it, uh... it is one of the most famously
0: being restored buildings in britain
1: um, okay i guess it has a english heritage grade two star is grade that two listed yep yep Wh- so it's so that means um the highest
0: level of listing is grade one right the second highest level of listing is um grade two star so it is mm-hmm. a very important building in the history of modernism brutalism yeah
1: new brutalism in
0: britain modeled on Le Cabusier's unité d'habitation in uh, the south of France, um, yep. and being renovated currently by Urban Splash, who are people I used to work with when mm-hmm. I lived in the UK. So it's good to hear that the old Urban Splashes are back there. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'm glad that someone's doing something with Park Hill.
1: What I can tell is it was a council estate. Yep. but now it's been privatized because it was abandoned or run down derelict i guess it opened in 1961 and there is you know, there i mean
0: i mean because every, everything in britain needs to be modeled as closely as possible on the united states um <laughs> there's very little public housing as you would call it um left okay. in britain most of it was sold off in the 80s by the uh, conservatives um privatized if you will mm-hmm. people were allowed to buy their council flats basically um, I mean, Park Hill was in a real mess. I mean, Sheffield was in a mess in general. Right, because was- of the.
1: Steel industry collapse.
0: The destruction of this of the steel industry. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Park Hill is an. Am- I mean, I've been there. I mean, it's an amazing. It's an amazing building. I'm a huge fan of brutalism mm-hmm. as an architectural style, um, and I think it should be preserved as closely as possible. I'm not a huge fan of what urban Splash are doing with it, but you know, oh. They, oh, okay. if they need to make it more acceptable to you know uh, people for people to live in, then then you know so be it um
1: really it only seemed like the thing that they were doing differently exterior wise was uh covering over the brickwork with some aluminum aluminum paddles
0: which um i don't know how closely you follow disasters that happen in the uk um let's hope they are covering it with the right kind of aluminum panel panels given Mm. what's Happened to the Grenfell Tower in right. in uh, in North London. Well, they aren't uh, totally covering the building either. So no, they're not. But I mean, I think uh, that that kind of cosmetic, like, right. well, we don't like concrete; it's ugly. Let's colour it, we'll cover it with something colourful, and then we'll like it. Is kind of counter to what Brutalism is about, and the name of. Right. Uh, just a quick you know lesson in brutalism uh the architectural style of brutalism d- is is actually it's not because the buildings are brutal but it comes from the french uh, brute uh which is raw um and it, basically the style is about raw concrete um mm-hmm. so
1: well, which I think they preserve, Urban Splash preserved much in the flats, too. So yeah. I, I think it was just adding a little splash of color
0: more than anything yeah. else. But it's, I mean, it was a superb example of, you know, local authority, public housing. Um,
1: yeah. The really interesting thing was that it was designed by Sheffield City Council Architecture City Council, Department. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, two gents named Ivor Smith and Jack Lynn. So yeah, they were, you know, government employees who designed this masterwork of
0: brutalism and Sheffield. Exactly. I mean... Uh, you know, I think one of the things that people misunderstand about socialism, um, left-leaning socialist local government in the UK in the 60s and 70s was very enlightened in terms mm-hmm. of architecture. And there were some extremely talented designers and architects who would work for the city and would design buildings for the city. And again, i would worked with those folks, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, early in my career um, doing art stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And there's some, there's some amazing talents you built some amazing buildings.
1: This one, I think, was particularly interesting because they really took the contours of the Park Hill area to heart. And so the, the streets in the sky, that, that big concourse where we saw the doctor talking to... Dr. Jade McIntyre at the beginning, yeah. when they're worrying about Anna and the flat, trying to reclaim the parcel that that kind of street in the sky, wide enough to have a milk delivery truck go through or a milk truck right. go through, exactly, was yeah, was very interesting. And then you know, I, I again, like I said, this was the most interesting thing for me um, that the flats are of two stories, or most of all the flats, there are two stories, so they kind of congregate. Uh, the entrance around a quad so but then you have the upstairs flats and the downstairs flats and you have four relatively close entrances so you have that neighborhood feel yeah so when the doctor says let's check downstairs after she went into Anna's flat that yeah. sort of go wait a minute this is not an apartment that you would find in the U.S. where you have you're you're on the fifth floor you're on the sixth floor and that's where you are instead they have an upstairs and a downstairs which I thought was a pretty interesting concept.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 and again, this kind of this kind of northern architecture, public housing is kind of you know very uh, very distinguished. Um, so, do you think the cons
1: are in? Because yeah. I guess it's a mixed use now, or some of it is uh, public housing or council estates. Yeah, and some I'm of it just it trying is to work privatized? out it whether that was a
0: set they were filming in there, or whether they were actually filming the interior of one of the flats, um, it yeah. seemed to be. Uh, it seemed to be. I mean, you know, the camera movements. It seemed to be slightly too wide open to be an actual flat, to be right. honest. Um, mm-hmm. And it was very self-consciously decorated in a kind of modernist style, which um, I thought was interesting as a as a as a as a design choice. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Well, they
1: certainly did capture, if they did replicate a Park Hill flat on a soundstage in Cardiff, they did capture the concrete look, the, you know, metal tubing for the electrical conduit, a very close rendition of at least the uh, marketing collateral that I've seen in the Park Hill estate flats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, you're a doctor who's had a long...
0: Well, it's not long. Anyway.
1: 13-year <laughs> history of Council of States. It's a long history of Council of <laughs> States, but also like a pretty interesting
0: history with brutalism as well in terms of, you know, oh, right. if, if you if you look at the Haywood Gallery and how that stood in for, I don't know, the Earth President's House or something, whatever it was.
1: Right, in Frontier and in Space. In, yeah. in, in,
0: in Frontier and in Space. And, and uh, you know, the longest, well, I guess that's like 7, but the uh, in Leeds, which is, you know, slightly to the north of, Sheffield, Um right. you know, the longest corridor in Britain, which I fe- featured, I think, in Blake Seven. I think it was also. Oh no, that was Bristol. That um, was the, the tobacco uh, works. The 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 t- tobacco works. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, that kind of you know quasi futuristic architecture. Yeah. yeah, and the Sunmakers. Um, and I th- I think they could have made more of that actually. I yeah. Was, It was a little bit, um, to get back on topic, I mean, we could do an architecture podcast, that'd be good. Um, To get back on topic, given that the flats are being renovated at the moment, I was wondering why they couldn't have thought of a better way to have it all set in the flats Mm. and have some developer who's renovating them that's disturbing Mm. the, the spiders that live underneath right that kind of thing tie it all together tie it all together better i felt myself you know trying to write this better and that usually tells me And we've had this quite a lot as we talk about new who in the podcast If, if, if i feel i can come up with something slightly better then i'm wondering why you know a whole room of experienced writers can't come up with something slightly better
1: Right, which kind of brings up the whole... Uh, I think we talked earlier in one of the earlier podcasts how there seems to be Chibnall skirting around and referencing the 2016 uh, U.S. political scene with Donald Trump. And yeah. here we have a, a flat-out name check that we have this character, uh, Jack Robertson, hmm. who's, uh, who's Trump-like but doesn't like Trump but very much cut of the same fiber as Trump
0: yeah, and, I, and again, there's there's a lot of really kind of heavy-handed obviousness where people say things simply because they have to say them. I mean, I, I felt that was an example. I mean, you know, the, the whole... The whole gun thing? The, well, no, no, the whole kerfuffle with Doctor Who magazine where you know, everyone got sacked or whatever um, mm. because they were being too overtly critical of Brexit. I mean, it felt to me that, you know, that they had to shoehorn in a phrase for uh jack to say uh, saying like i am not donald trump i hate donald trump but i'm also running for president so that we wouldn't you know that, which is totally mm-hmm. unnecessary i mean yeah. we would have understood who he was similarly you know where and again i'm 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 as pc as the as the next person um <laughs> but you know his his niece's wife yeah, Frankie, um, who he yeah. then sends down into the mines to kind of deal with the spiders like why did she have to say i'm your niece's wife uh, that's such an unnecessary piece of phraseology, but it seems we had to have that in there to establish that you know we have different forms of marriage nowadays, Wait. and you can have two women who are married. Uh, it's it's just so unnecessary. Mm,
1: well, I think it was okay, and I think it does. Yeah, it, it's part of Chimnall's. Uh, I don't know if mandate, but goals of trying to be inclusive. And if he can just do a, you know, basically it's a throwaway line and it does help establish Frankie's character as tangentially related to, uh, uh, what is it, Chris Knoss Robertson's character. Yeah, it just seemed to
0: be kind of so, kind of unnecessary. I mean, you could have done it in a. I mean, why not have her there? Well, you know, I mean, it show it rather than tell it, kind of thing. I don't
1: know. I think it was okay, but it, it was know, yeah, it's right. throwaway. Yeah. It's it, it's like representation, but it's more like you said, lip service, or uh, you know, just a checkbox rather than actual family. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you know, it it's nice to see, but it, then it's superfluous and. It, of of this episode's uh, weak points, that's certainly not egregious. I think. It's not egregious. But again, I was thinking, you know, why not
0: send Yaz's mum down into the mines? Mm. To, and then she gets all wrapped up with Webb. And then. They rescue you have her. To res- you have to rescue her at the end because it was kind of established that those people
1: weren't dead wrapped right. up in web. Well, were they um, dead? Was, I thought that was ambiguous.
0: I thought it was. Again, sort of slightly ridiculously ambiguous because, again, the show wasn't really able to decide whether the spider should be exterminated as kind of, you know, evil, like obviously, you know, the, the maggots in The Green Death, which they yeah. were obviously kind of riffing off, or right. whether they were beautiful animals that we had to care for. Right. And in a similar way, I, it was left ambiguous whether the people who were webbed up were actually dead right. and were going to be consumed by spiders, which would therefore then make the spiders evil, or where, or, <laughs> or just or, or, animals, or, or just regular animals, <laughs> right. um, or whether, whether those people were still alive. Um, mm. And it, the show didn't really want to come down on a definitive... The spiders must be destroyed because they are a menace to humanity, or the spiders must be nurtured because they are they are beautiful creatures as, as deserving of life as we are. Right. both of which are completely
1: valid. But I mean, you yeah, make a make a make stand, a decision, yeah. make a decision. And I think by not making a stand, you you undermined Yaz's character a little bit because here she's a police officer and a civilian or a bodyguard pulls a gun on her and her mom. And then there's two potentially dead bodies and a toxic waste dump in the bottom of this luxury hotel. It would be her duty to report that. What is going on with that? Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it just it's, seems it's, to be left for the imagination. Or uh, I mean, the, the pulling of the gun
0: was very, very jarring to begin with. When I then it didn't make like any a, sense
1: to me why the bodyguard would be coming in it, yeah. and keeping him. I mean, this is a 50 year old woman and her you know 20 something daughter. They're not. Threats.
0: <laughs> They're not threats. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, if, this, if, if the character was potentially a presidential candidate of some kind, then yes, he might be permitted to have armed bodyguards on British soil, but... They I mean, I don't know what the rules are to be honest, um, but they certainly would would not be pulling guns like on random people right. for no readily apparent reason right. without then being arrested by a present police officer. Who
1: she was. <laughs> yeah, I mean she's a she's a police officer. She should have slightly, Right, put down the gun, you're under arrest. Or well, I don't know, maybe she wouldn't want to aggravate or escalate the scene, but even afterwards I just Call it in. I mean, call, call it, it in. The police. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah. Anyway,
0: yeah. So
1: the good things in this, I thought Yaz's family was pretty well realized. I liked her dad. I liked her sister, and I liked her mom. What
0: was the whole deal with her dad collecting
1: rubbish? My guess is that <laughs> it, it, was a guess because we never we never yeah, actually found out. But carry on. My my <laughs> ge- yeah my guess is that he's seeing this weird trash being. All around Sheffield on his walks or whatever, and he collects it. And since Yaz is a police officer, or as he called her, a policewoman, woman, he wanted he sees it as evidence that somebody's illegally dumping or something like that. So that's why he's bringing it into the right. house. Which honestly, I cannot imagine any sane adult wanting to bring. <laughs> <laughs> trash even if it is evidence into your house so uh that was a little bit of stretch but uh, his cooking and his his cooking was good yeah the cooking yeah. bit okay. was good and just the one th- one bit i thought was a little bit odd or a little maybe a little bit jackie tyler with nausea wondering at the end how does yaz know the doctor and why that's really important it just seems kind of Odd, yeah.
0: I mean, I was I was expecting the rubbish or trash, as it as it can also be called, um, to have some relevance to the spiders. You know, I don't know. They would find some spider's eggs in it because yeah. I know.
1: Well, it must be the trash from the where they're sticking in the coal abandoned coal mine underneath the luxury hotel. I'm guessing it must be. Um, which again would have made more of a kind of clear and
0: present danger, and you know, for Yaz's family in terms of you know a spider attack of some kind, right. I mean, it did
1: set up a really neat line with Najia saying how annoying it is when her husband's right about conspiracy theories. So Yeah, yeah. This episode seemed to be a Gatiss-esque pastiche of the Green Death, but without the charm of Dr. Jones or... Fungus to feed the world, and instead of Boss and Stevens, we get a Trump proxy. And yeah, uh, I liked it better when it was Green Death, despite the neat character bits that Chipnell put in, just even at the beginning when they land in Park Hill and the doctor saying goodbye but not really wanting to go but goodbye and then just being like overly super excited about tea at
0: Yazza's. that was that was a great bit uh, that was mm-hmm. a really nice bit bit, bit of yes. character and it kind of fleshed out the doctor and it fleshed out everybody else and mm-hmm. you know it gave i think there were good reasons why um everyone was given a reason why they should want to carry on traveling with the doctor that right. that was great as well what did you um, think of
1: the return of grace as a ghost or as uh, something that Graham is seeing. Ghost Grace, yeah,
0: yeah I, I, that's fine. I was, it's a little bit manipulative. It's like, okay, you know, she's still she's being refrigerated, refrigerated, whatever mm-hmm. the correct pop cultural phrase is. You know, she's the she is only dead in order to motivate Graham. She's not really right. a character. She's like she's just a dead person.
1: Right. Graham certainly wouldn't be traveling with the Doctor without Grace being without, dead, and he says that that's the so so whole motivation so, so for well, him. Yeah, yeah. So we're all glad
0: that she's dead because without her death, Graham wouldn't have that motivation. Yeah, great. <laughs> um, I mean, I thought. That, I mean, I think in all. I mean, uh, I mean, just to go back to kind of overall view of the of the episode. I mean, it it, it seemed like a not very good episode of the Sarah Jane Adventures to me. Everyone was running around mm. uh, yeah. after a CGI threat of some kind, which wasn't really that threatening. Right, um, and all the kind of punches were pulled. Because it's basically a kids' show. I mean, what's great right. about The Green Death is that the villain is the is boss. Um, right. The maggots are monsters, and they are a metaphor for environmental destruction. You know, the right. earth is rotting because of man's um, you know indifference to the earth, and they're rotting. A rotting piece has maggots in it. I mean, right. that's that's what the sh- that's what that's about. It's a big metaphor, S- right? There's a huge metaphor which you can either you know embrace or you can ignore, but it's still there and it kind of helps leaven the whole thing and make it. There's something for everybody there, and if you want to look at things metaphorically, you can look, look, look at them met- met- metaphorically. Spiders are not. What are they? They they're helpful creatures who right. eat pests. Right. So I mean, we're sort of frightened of them because humans are stupid. That <laughs> um, spiders are great. I mean, spiders are helpful creatures right, right. who we should embrace as partners in keeping, you know, the ecological equilibrium of the planet. Right. Um, uh, we're frightened of them for, you know, as I said, for no reason at all. Mm-hmm. If they're big, we're doubly frightened of them. Right. There's no metaphor there at all, which kind of didn't help it for me. Yeah,
1: it seemed to me it's sort of like a, how Moffat looked at the calendar and saw that he was going to be broadcasting the conclusion of dr who on remembrance day so he had this whole convoluted thing with cyber brig or the brigadier right, in dark right. water death in heaven and i think Chibno looks at the calendar sees that he's going to be broadcasting close to halloween and he goes "Ooh, what can i do for scary for halloween i know giant spiders and then what if we do a pastiche or a mashup of the green death to kind of give it some structure. Meanwhile, we introduce Yaz's family. Yeah, but again, I mean, I think last, like, like,
0: like our criticism for um, the ghost monument, you know, it was all that that everyone seemed to be mainly interested in, and the kind of threat element was just right. tacked on a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, you know, I mean, we, we talked about the connection with um, the green death, but of course, I mean, the Doctor Who, I mean, you know, I'm biased, but whatever, already has awesome giant spiders. Um, you know, it <laughs> wouldn't, you know, even the Doctor could have even, the Doctor just name checked the Green Death or name check the planet of the spiders. Um, you know, she's been killed by a giant spider. before, right. Sort of. Mm-hmm. She should have some residual fear of giant spiders. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have added something to it, possibly a little bit, I think. I don't know. I
1: don't know. Um, so yeah. I think where the good points were were all character moments, just uh, like where Ryan was doing shadow puppets in the yeah. in the lab when the doctor yeah. and uh, uh, the doctor and the doctor were discussing spiders and the enzymes and what was done, or the other bit where the doctor meets Yaz's mom and she says, right. Naja, you made a very awesome human here," and that's a really nice bit of Doctor's character. Just how uh, the interaction in the panic room with Ryan trying to introduce you know, the grime station and going, oh, Yaz, you're so uncool now. You don't even know what, what I'm talking about. That's right. a nice bit of characterization, and, a, and it flows on that interaction that they had last week when they are in the back alley and climbing in through the hotel window. So there's a there's this development uh, between Ryan and Yaz's character. But... It seems to be let down by the story elements, which is kind of the letdown of The Woman Who Fell to Earth. The story itself is pretty boring, where the interesting bits are the character. And unfortunately, in this story, the newness of Jodie Whittaker's Doctor has worn off. And so I was looking for more of a story yeah. to hang those uh, character moments on. But the story was pretty lacking for me.
0: Pretty lacking. Uh, you know who they should have brought back? They should have brought back Kebab Guy. Kebab Guy should have come back, and he should have been throwing bits of tomato and lettuce at the spiders, and the spiders would get angry, and then they'd attack him. Or throwing them uh, at
1: Jack Robinson. Oh, that's also true.
0: Yeah, they should have brought back Kebab Guy. No, I mean, again, as, as I was saying, I mean, the the, the plan, which is you know, a relatively good one, to, you know, and I, and I can certainly uh, imagine that Jack Robinson would have had a weird, secure panic room i'm right, sure yeah. trump has got a panic room in every one of his hotels because he's a, a lunatic moron um uh, i mean that's a good plan it's a good plan but then okay now you have a panic room full of spiders then what are you going to do i think they're
1: going to let them die die off let them die okay um, what
0: happens to all the spiders that are running around in park hill flats are they all attracted right. by Stormzy's? rhythms
1: well there's the one in Anna's apartment is still there yeah they should go back and stab <laughs> that
0: spider or maybe they should make it into a pet um uh, it's, uh, it's a, the a, new a, canine it's the new
1: canine
0: no it's it's the new um it's the oh god who's the um oh shoot what was that joke we were having, running joke we had on the on the vortisol it's the new ramsay
1: oh my goodness yeah there it's you the go new Ramsey. <laughs> and he could just scuttle around on the ceiling of the TARDIS it would be fine
0: I think, you know, so the couple of things, again, I, I think, you know, in some ways, um, Chibnall was taking a, a leaf out of the Moffat playbook in, okay, what is a thing that everyone knows about that if I do something to it, it becomes scary, like it's a crack. Um, it's Death a, scarves. It's. Well, I was going to say, Chibnall does the same thing, but not quite as well. Like, what, what is, what's, what's in my apartment right now? Oh, look, there's my scarf. Maybe if I made that scarf scary, then it would be a good villain. I can just imagine, like Chibnall, like you know, only, abs-
1: only if you make it prophetic. Except the, the scarf is only frightening
0: when it when it when able to tell the future. Um, I can just imagine Tibble, Tibble like you know absent mindedly wandering into his bathroom like oh okay I might have a bath this evening like goes to run above. oh there's a spider in the bath <laughs> hmm what if that spider was giant what if that spider was so giant that and this is this is actually the best bit in the whole in the whole show that actually when it comes up I mean because spiders come up through the pipe holes in America right a lot more or less maybe. It's a huge cliche in Britain that you always find a spider in the bathtub. Oh, okay. It's like a it's like a running thing, and there, apparently the re- I mean, my sister is a. A great no, hi Rosie. Um, it's, she's a great fan of all knowledge of, of kind of, you know, things to do with the animal world. The reason why spiders are very often in the bathtub is, is again, um, British houses are far less hermetically sealed, um, than American houses. Okay. Um, in general, spiders in Britain, well, actually, spiders in Britain are literally not poisonous at all. So having spiders in your house venomous. is fine. Venomous. 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 I beg your pardon, exactly. I'm not venomous <laughs> at all. Um, so having spiders in your house is perfectly fine. And what tends to happen is that spiders will fall from the ceiling and they will fall into the bathtub and they won't be able to get out. So very often when you go to run a bath, you'll find a spider in the bathtub. And that's something, you know, you'll see British jokes about that all the time. What would be more frightening if the spider was so large that it broke your bathtub and leapt up at you? And I think that's the kind of genesis of that particular threat. It's a sub-moffat, like, common threat. And if we just add something to it, it becomes threatening. Right. Um, I think... Again, I mean, which is all well and good, but if you can't actually decide whether the spiders are evil or not, then you don't really know what kind of threat it is and you don't really know how to deal with it either. Right. So, what? Um, yeah,
1: the, what was the threat? The threat was, okay, we have spiders that have been genetically engineered the carcass that tanya fear's character jade mcintyre had uh, her lab had disposed of was actually still alive combined with the toxic dump that robertson's company had put in the mines underneath this hotel creates these monster super spiders that are terrorizing sheffield sort of terrorizing
0: sheffield i mean they're not really terrorizing sheffield that much but yes you know yeah
1: you could imagine that as the start of something
0: yeah, but I mean, I think what one wanted to see is, you know, screaming crowds running through shopping malls being pursued <laughs> by giant spiders. That would have been terrorizing Sheffield. That
1: would have been pretty cool, actually. Yeah. And again, you know, the spider expert woman,
0: like, she's to blame because she genetically engineered, engineered these spiders in the first place. Right. So she should have been eaten by a spider. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely should she should have been eaten by a spider. Instead
1: of uh, Frankie and Kevin. Yeah, Frankie
0: and Kevin. I mean, what, what, what have they done? Um, uh, apart from working for Jack Robertson. And the other <laughs> thing is, like, you know, the the giant spider, the queen, the yeah. um, the great one. Um, they deal with that by having Jack Robertson come in like, oh, I've got a gun, I'm going to shoot it, bang, right. spider's dead. And then he just kind of walks out. And it's like, okay, so... Uh, I guess maybe they're setting you up to being a recurring character, but yes. do you not get punished for just shooting the spider and then walking out?
1: Right. Well, I mean, this is what, out of four episodes now, we've had three potentially recurring villains. We've had Robertson. Last week we had Crasco, And then the first week had Tim Shaw. And the second week they um, referenced the, uh, whatever Tim Shaw's people were
0: yeah it's instructive we can't remember their names um <laughs> and at, at, at this point you start to wonder like are these all recurring villains or are we a completely unable to think of satisfying ways of dealing with villains that doesn't involve killing them because right. we want to be inclusive and we want to tick boxes about compassion so we don't actually right. kill people
1: unless they're the
0: black wife of our Main companion <laughs> the black wife of our main companion who needs a who needs a reason to travel with the with the doctor and a dead wife is as good so, as any
1: right, so n- no one has died unambiguously in these stories except for Grace, who has died and uh Dennis, who was the security guard. And the one, the the young the young man who was searching for his sister that Tim Shaw offed right at the beginning of the first episode. No one died in the second episode. No one died in Rosa. There's some ambiguity whether Frankie and Kevin are dead. Yeah. I, I guess Anna died, but that happened before the doctor arrived. Right. I mean, if anybody
0: deserved to die in the moors of a giant spider screaming in agony, it was Jack Robinson. So, yeah. you know, we've set him up as being, a, a, like, a despicable character. Let's have him be eaten by a spider. I mean, <laughs> you know, he can shoot the spider as he's being eaten. That's fine. Um, it would have been good just, to see
1: him get pulled into the uh, bathtub and Kevin being the one who yeah. then carried it afterwards. That would have been more interesting. That would have worked. That would have worked. I mean, we all know that
0: spiders, you know, they don't eat you. And what they do is they, you know, they paralyze Green you. And then you. they, kind of, then they yeah. kind of liquefy you. So... But, you know, again, we're not really dealing with, you know, what's the word, uh, actual biology here. I mean, just give the spider a big mouth and it goes, <laughs> and it just eats him up or something. You know, I don't know. Or like he gets drained. I mean, people get sucked and drained and, you know, withered and mummified all the time in Doc Dooliff. Have him be withered and mummified. And then as he's being withered and mummified, he just pulls out the gun and like, oh, like, I'm dying. Arr, bang. And shoots right. the spider in the eye and, you know, job done so I'm, I was disappointed yeah
1: it seems like Chibnall is definitely setting him up to be a returning character yeah. because just at the end with uh, Graham saying God help us all if he becomes president or something like yeah, like he would be any worse than Trump for example
0: at this point it seems unlikely <laughs> that, he, <laughs> that he could come up with something worse than Donald Trump but yeah maybe maybe he'll be more of a fascist than, than an incompetent fa- more of an incompetent fascist maybe he'll than be competent a, fascist That's a competent fascist which is, yeah. which is the worst kind The only saving grace of Donald Trump is that he's a not very good fascist. Right. So, Um, yeah, I don't know.
1: Another bit of consistent character development. In the first episode, we have the doctor apologizing that, I guess, Team TARDIS had to see the death of the young man in the garage. But the doctor is apologizing to the queen spider saying, I'm really sorry this happened to you again. So uh, this, this is a reoccurring character trait now that Chibnall has been having this, this empathy that he's putting on, uh, putting the doctor maybe as a distinguishing feature from uh, the Capaldi doctor who had, you know, like in the second episode, introduced Clara as his carer cause he, or yeah. because she cares so he doesn't have to.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, and again, I mean, it seems weird to apologise to a spider and then have a plan to put all the spiders in a room so that they all starve to death. Right. Like, either, either, I said, and I'll come back to this again, either these spiders are an evil that must be fought and destroyed... Or they are glorious creatures that must be nurtured and saved. You
1: know what'd have been cool? Yeah. As if she would kind of did a Pied Piper bit, yes. rounded up all the spiders yes. into the TARDIS and using the dead. music of Stormzy, <laughs> <laughs> have yeah, them all exactly. come into the
0: had them all come into into the TARDIS and take them to The into- three to Metabilis 3, let them out, and it's like, and then oh, hang on, maybe I shouldn't let them out on Metabilis 3. No, I let them out on some abandoned planet where there are plenty of giant flies or something. Well, um, you'd
1: let them out on Metabulus 3, but back in history, and then be before the Pertwee Doctor. So, these are the spiders that eventually evolved into the eight legs in Metabilis. That's true, but then I credit the
0: Doctor with slightly more kind of sense than, oh, actually, you know what, maybe I shouldn't let them out on Metabulus 3, because... <laughs> they'll kill me back in the, my past self. But anyway, but, but then, you know, but, but they could be loaded into times, and then, like, one could have been left. And, you know, um, and I, said, I think it's perfectly fine to have it's that. The new Ramsey, right? Yeah, to have a new Ramsey. It'd be wonderful. And then we'd be able to love the spider and understand the spider is a beautiful creature that needs to be nurtured. And all they'd have to do is find it giant flies from somewhere. And, and that would have been perfect. It would have been a different ending, put it that way. <laughs> it would have been a different ending. It would have been a more uplifting ending. And just imagine—I, I, I'm actually visualizing it right now. There's like a beautiful blue sunset. And then all the spiders are, like, gambling out of the TARDIS and, like, running off into the sunset. And everyone's going, like, ah, spiders.
1: (laughs) All with uh, Stormzy, know-me-from going in the background. (laughs) With with a banging grime track in the background, exactly. And then over the
0: top of the spiders are, like, the scarves of prophetic destiny, like, just dancing in the air going, like, spiders, spiders, spiders.
1: I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they would have been. Well, there was. hmm, Yeah, Mm. desolation might have been a good place for them, but there was
0: nothing to eat. Yeah, I mean, I think you know. I think yeah, yeah. I mean, I think um, uh, yeah. Spiders are hungry, so I don't know. I mean, I, I think we. I think it would have been easier to ignore the eventual death by starvation of the spiders if they'd been left on a moon somewhere. (laughs) Right. <laughs> rather than like a a because a, someone's gonna have to open that door at some point hmm. in the next six months and there's gonna be a bunch of dead spiders in there and they're gonna sweep them out and i don't know get rid of them in some way and that's gonna be a, right. a horrible job because they'll be a bit smelly by then
1: right i don't know the doctor tells uh robertson that it was a botched job and i kind of uh, kind of wonder if that was uh coming up from uh, chibnall's subconscious that the story was a little bit of a botched job i mean i've got very little
0: that's good to say about this show apart from Park hill uh, the other thing I, w- I would say and also the, the character stuff was good that was all good that was all building the characters i hope at some point during this se- during this season they're gonna have something to do that is worthy <laughs> of their excellent characters um i thought the spider effects were very very good they were very convincing that cgi was excellent
1: Chimnel is really good at having the doctor show that she is smart and just rummaging through the kitchen and getting the, uh, what was it, vinegar and uh, acetic acid, I guess, in the garlic garlic. garlic and stuff to ward off the spider to create a barrier that the spider, that uh, Anna spider did
0: not want to cross and so which i thought was kind of cute i mean the spider was like oh no i don't want to go across that right i i was unfortunately slightly reminded of the slitheen um uh, (laughs) in the kitchen in the kitchen what we got what what in what in a kitchen could we possibly have that a thing might not like a vinegar yeah that'll do so
1: I don't know. So, yeah. kind of a lightweight episode. I, I, like I said at the start, the only thing that was really interesting for me that really caught my imagination was uh, Park Hill, which I went and did did a little bit of reading about did, because I DJ thought I was on it was interesting
0: on it. Yeah, it's super interesting. Um, um, just to go back to our very first conversation. Obviously, um, to involve you know Stormzy and Grime, you know, it kind of you know it makes everything kind of down with the kids. And stuff, but if it is called Arachnids in the UK, why not just put on, you know, never mind the bollocks or something, and you just have that, right? It's 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 the title was just, ah, uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I it, yeah. it's not even UK wide, it's just, Sheffield. yeah, it should be arachnid in Sheffield,
0: or or, okay, that's in December, yeah. or
1: or spiders of Sheffield,
0: spiders from Mars, they could have spiders from. There must be something in Sheffield that sounds like Mars. They could have done, you know, you know spiders from, I don't know, spiders from jars. Um, yeah.
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> know. It's just, uh, it's a title. It's a great say. title.
0: I love the title, but I wish that they, they, I, I do like oh, the title, okay. but I, I don't like the title because they didn't tie it into the show at all. They should have just had John Lydon come, you know, burbling on. You know, he's available. I mean, he lives in L.A., but you can fly him over. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. If John Lightning, he'll save us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Ed Sheeran. That was the other bit. It's sort of like, what? Okay, I don't know who Ed Sheeran is. I'm sorry. Who is Ed Sheeran? So Ed
0: Sheeran is a, you know, he's a crooner. Uh, He sings romantic ballads. Um, That was kind of a smart little bit, because Ed Sheeran, A, he everybody likes him he's really popular with the kids um everyone doesn't like him because he's got red hair and of course the <laughs> joke about people who got red hair is like oh they're weird uh, it's a ginger um so he has a little bit of that like, that this has kind of to like, be a uk thing I, I it really it, totally is not, a UK it is thing. not
1: it is not it is not in the states at all hating gingers
0: or being suspicious of them is totally a uk thing um i think the, the, I, you know a f- far bit my my mother has red hair um, and I have red jeans, but they're, they're not supposed to have souls, um, you know, all that kind of... Uh, my, my own opinion of the weird British obsession with not liking people with red hair is it's got something to do with Vikings. Um mm. uh, because when you look at when you well, or so, the Irish when, well, when you look at the Irish in America well known for having red hair mm. it's that is the norwegian the Norse ah. influence so the the Vikings, the Norse conquered large swaths of Ireland, and that's where you get the red hair. They also conquered large swaths of Scotland, so when a lot of scots Irish were Scots were imported into Ireland to run the plantations, to work on the plantations in Ireland. That's, 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 so there you, get, you get the Scots-Irish, they also have a lot of red hair. Um, mm. Which is also interesting enough, if you go to the south of the United States, you'll find a lot of folks with red hair, which is where you get the redneck thing from, because again, a lot of the Scots-Irish were imported out of Ireland, to work on the plantations in the South of the United States, mm, I but anyways, redneck so, was
1: sunburns.
0: Well, it's if you have red hair, you sunburn oh, really, really yeah. easily. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, so so I mean that—that's my theory about why we dislike people with red hair. Anyway, but Ed Sheeran has red hair, um, but he was famously he had a walk-on part as a kind of strolling musician trooper in uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, and there was a huge online backlash. Of like, Ed Sheeran's on Game of Thrones. Uh, and he's not... He's, we hate him, blah, blah, blah. I mm-hmm. think this was a kind of a subtle dig at Ed Sheeran being on Game of Thrones. Ah, uh, okay. So that's a very long digression there. But, you know, yeah. It's what podcasts are for. Mm,
1: gotcha. All right. So Ed Sheeran, singer, not Stormzy. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure about Ed she- I mean, I think... Again, I think it would have been funnier if they'd had
0: something crapper.
1: But it wouldn't yeah. be Ryan. And so, yeah, I mean, this is true. very fitting yeah. for Ryan. Yeah, it's Ryan. How the uh, radio airwaves penetrated the uh, panic room makes me kind of suspicious of how good that panic room is
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's true it's not the greatest panic room and of course i mean if you think about panic rooms um you and if you think about underground control centers in sheffield you know someone like me would immediately think of threads um, which is Mm, the famous world war War, uh, world war three drama where um there is a panic room underneath sheffield city hall and it doesn't go very well for the people who are in the panic room um, underneath Sheffield City Hall when they get an atomic bomb dropped on them. Um, That's one of the more horrific scenes in that kind of amazing TV show Threads. But again, in some ways, I mean, obviously Doctor Who is all about kind of cliches and people doing what they're supposed to do. It may have been more interesting to, instead of Ryan obviously being a fan of Grime, you know what, why not make him a fan of Ed Sheehan? I mean, you know, just because he's... You know, Afro Caribbean and lives in Britain, that doesn't automatically mean that he has to love um, Stormzy. Well, he I thought. You could be a fan of old school punk rock. I mean, why not? When well,
1: it could have been Anarchy in the UK at that point. Yeah, it could have been.
0: Or, you know, the, the, like, the only station they could get was like some crappy oldies station in, in, in Sheffield that happened to be playing Anarchy in the UK or whatever. Anyway, we're, I think the the weakness of this episode is exemplified by the fact that we're rewriting it in this podcast <laughs> in a way that is more satisfying. Well,
1: we're just trying to make it work for Better. two grumpy old Us. men. That's true. Like <laughs> more punk rock, less grime. Less, Not less was, no grime was fine. It's just white power, anarchy, fine, fine, in also. UK. That that yeah, were. Well, it's know, a waste am, of a title there. I am certain
0: that if I was to go into Stormzy's back catalogue, there would be a song that is a famous single that he came up with that you could easily adapt into a pun about spiders. I don't know. So I <laughs> guess in. We don't know.
1: I don't know. We're we're wandering way. We're trying to make this work, and it didn't work for us. Uh, on, yeah. So on, that's all we have. Yeah. On the home front, uh, Elliot loved it. He thought it was a great, great episode. So I think Chibnall is down with the kids, down with the twenty-somethings, teens, twenty-somethings here. Well, looking looking at the ratings,
0: uh, which obviously don't mean anything at all nowadays, um, it's the show's doing really well Right. It's kind of stripped down, simplified thing, and I think which is good. The show's yep. doing well. I'm happy. It's a good show. Yep.
1: So the character bits, I think, excellent. Again, the thing that we missed in the Moffat era, but now we're in the Chibnall era, and what we're missing is uh, a little more plot. A
0: little more subtlety and, and complication. Yeah. yeah. Just a little bit more. Yep. We don't want it to be back to Moffat and the endless cracks mm. and exploding. Morbius loops and... of
1: plots. Yeah. Mm
0: all right any, okay any closing thoughts um derek sherwin died that's a shame oh that he yeah old. well
1: the creator of unit uh cast yeah, John pertwee yeah wrote the most interesting episode of the mind robber Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had a huge amount going for
0: it no I had a huge amount going for him and we're sorry sorry he's dead but then i think unfortunately if this podcast goes on for very much longer which i'm i have no doubt that it will because neither is he going to pull the plug on it um uh, more people from the classic era of doctor who are going to die because they're all yeah. old uh, yeah. so that's sad um talk- he also no, he also yeah, wanted to
1: it. revive the series when uh it was cancelled and or not cancelled indefinite indefinite hiatus in eighty eighty nine. Oh, he offered yeah. to bring it back
0: yeah good for him oh um, what other Doctor Who news? Oh, I noticed, I was very excited because I got my new Doctor Who magazine, um, that um, Big Finish are doing Torchwood with Katie Manning and the Giant Maggots. Huh, yeah, Torchwood? I thought. Yeah, because to- Torchwood's set in Wales. Right. what is Wales best known for <laughs> it's best known for having giant maggots in it so yeah, I'm yeah. excited by that I don't I don't like Torchwood at all but I'm very very tempted to buy that when it comes out well it has Katie Manning in it yeah oh, she's lovely I love Katie Manning she's a real a real trooper Um, so alright okay any more any more news I think that's all for the news isn't it
1: yeah I'm, I mean the best parts for me was uh, probably Yaz's family really liked uh, Najia liked Sonia yeah, yeah. Uh, Liked her dad, uh, but I love uh, the I love the
0: whole I love the whole going back going back to tea at Yaz's. That really mm-hmm. that that was that nice scene
1: great. was good. Yep, but yeah. then yeah, Park Hill. Yeah. And,
0: yeah, and next week we're off into deep space. I believe. Are we? I think so. What's it called? Um, Doctor Who and space. I don't space? know. Doctor, Doctor, Doctor Who goes to space. Doctor Who explores space. <laughs> 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 Doctor Who goes into space. Hang on to to the internet. Um. It is. It's a Doctor Who goes into space and has a lovely time. No, <laughs> wait it's, it's called the Suranga Conundrum. Okay. Robert I... Ludlam's the Suranga Conundrum. Hmm. Um, injured and stranded in the wilds of a far-flung galaxy.
1: All right. I wonder if it's going to have Surangaroos in there. Who
0: knows? <laughs> anyway, so we'll see about that. Um, there you go. Good. Okay. Well, uh, I think that's all. Until it? next week. Until next week, yes.
1: All right. Well, thank you for listening to episode 94 of the Metabulus 2 podcast. I, as always, have been talking
0: with Ben. And I have been talking with David. Good night. Good night. Don't let the spiders bite. Okay.
1: goodbye this time?
0: About that. Do we have to? You see, Doc, the thing about grief is it needs time. Well, I don't want to sit around my house waiting for it to go away. Because that house is full of grace and it makes it so much harder. But, um, being with you and seeing all these things, really helps. What about you? Do you really think I want to go back to working on that warehouse? No way. Yes, you wanted to come home. I know. I love my family. But they also drive me completely insane. I want more. More of the universe. More time with you. You're like the best person I've ever met. You're pretty awesome. You're all right, I suppose. I can't guarantee that you're going to be safe. We know, do you? Really? Because when I pull that lever, I'm never quite sure what's going to happen. That's okay. You're not going to come back as the same people that left here. But that's all right. I think that's good. Be sure. All of you. Be sure.
1: Sure. Sure. Devil. Look
0: at you. My fam. They no, still don't quite work. Team TARDIS. We'll take that. Welcome aboard properly oh! do you want to do it together I love this bit I like that actually I mean it was a bit hokey but I liked it actually I liked that a lot I like team TARDIS I thought that was good